All right. Hey, everyone. Um, welcome back. This is Dora, and this is my second or third episode. Um, I'm not sure, but today I'm going to be talking with my friend, Christine. Um, Christine, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi. What do I say? I don't know. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Christine. I have known Dora since we were in sixth grade. Yeah. So it's been, how long has that been? Like, what year? I feel like we're in, oh, yeah, we were like what? 12 in like sixth grade. We're in like 20th grade now? We're, I think we've known each other for like 10 years. 16th grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm which is crazy. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, it's funny because, uh, yeah, our friendship didn't really start until probably, like, the second year of college, right? Second or third year of college. Yeah, I'd say so. Honestly, I feel like our timeline has been so long that, like, and so many emotions in between that I sort of lost track of, like, when we started being friends and, like, you know, where it all happened and how it all happened. I don't really remember. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, I've known Christine for a really long time in my life, and she's a really dear friend to me. And today, our topic is going to be about um, growing up in a traditional Viet household, um, specifically from the perspective of being the oldest girl. Um, and yeah. So I guess we can talk about what a Viet household, like a traditional Viet household entails. Um, do you want to explain a little bit, Christine? Um, well, I guess for me, I feel like being in a very traditional Viet household um, kind of, how do I explain it? I guess I was molded into becoming the golden child I don't know if you can relate but I think something that we can really relate on is the idea of like being perfect for our families and like the spaces that we enter and the things that we're a part of because yeah. you have to set a precedent not only for yourself but for your younger siblings that you may have and yeah you know anyone who follows in your footsteps especially if you're a first or second gen Asian American. Yeah. Yeah. Did your, um, did your parents go to college? Um, yeah, my dad went to college and then my mom had got an associate's degree. Um, okay. But yeah. What about you? Yeah. My, both of my parents went to, um, college. Um, yeah, they went, they like, voted over and then they went to community mm -hmm. and then they transferred to college um I think the important thing to know is that the way that they you know they they didn't approach their education the same way that we did like they definitely attended school for um like survival you know like trying to provide a means for not only themselves but also their family um, and I think that there's kind of a disconnect between the way that we've been raised growing up here, um, in America versus the way that they were raised. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. No, hundred percent. They, I feel like they came here with a purpose, which was to support their families back home in the motherland and to also, you know, yeah, I think that was it. Like they came here to find a better way to support their families. Yeah. And I don't think they had the luxury that we have of choice. They kind of just did whatever that would really give them the means to provide for those who needed the most back home. Yeah. Which I think is a really admirable thing that, you know, they did, you know, that I'm just beginning to like sort of reflect on now. Yeah. Yeah. How did your parents come to the States? Um, so my dad, I think that he, he's like, he has 11 siblings and I think that he was actually one of the first to be able to come here. Um, he was pretty wealthy in Vietnam. So, um, he still had to like boat over and he stayed at a refugee camp in Malaysia, but he came here when he was, um, around like high school age. So I think he, you know came here at a younger age to kind of be like molded a little differently than if he continued to grow up in Vietnam. Um, And then my mom came here when she was in her twenties. So she came a little later Mm -hmm. and she actually um, got caught uh, three times trying to escape Vietnam. So she had to stay in jail for um, up to like a year at one point. Yeah. Um, and then on her last attempt to come over here, if she had gotten caught again, then she would have been sent to a constant, like a, like a labor camp. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how like you look at the lives that our parents lead now and you f- remember the stories that they told you of their past. And it's like two different lives that they lived. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so <cute>. Sorry, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Um, oh yeah, I was. I feel like we're like you know like when you look at the lives that our parents live now, and then you think back on the stories that they told us, you know, of how they lived in the past in Vietnam and how they escaped and the means that they took to get here. It's like two completely different lives that I feel like they lived and it's insane to kind of take into perspective. Yeah. And it's crazy that the things that they experienced, like um, when they came here and like growing up, they were basically like around the age that we are now. Yeah. And I can't even imagine just going through all of that. at this age mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm already like going through so much <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm like what there's more I'd probably break <laughs> I think I would break <laughs> oh I would just be like I don't want to go <laughs> oh man yeah. I remember like my mom telling me how she felt so lost when she was in mm. Vietnam like right before she ended up deciding to leave 
yeah. that she just felt like there was nothing else left for her. Like there was no job available after they lost the war. Right. And there was nothing like that offered social mobility upwards from where they were at. So right. she felt like she had to leave. And I think that forces yeah. you into a position where you have to uplift and uproot everything. Yeah, it's crazy that it's... Yeah, I, I remember talking to my mom about it too when I didn't really understand the situation. I was just kind of like, why why did, why did you have to go? Because, you know, like there's a lot of Vietnamese people that still live there, um, obviously. And I was just like, if there's so many Vietnamese people there, like why did you have to leave in the first place? And she basically was just like, you you can't you can't do anything there. Like if you don't have money or if you're not connected to the government in some sort of way, like you you're fucked yeah. basically. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't even I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um yeah, how was how was growing up for you? How was your childhood like? I feel like it was I don't know. I feel like as a, what are we like, the second gen? Mm-hmm. I feel like as a second gen, you're kind of teetering along the line of two different cultures. Yeah. And so oftentimes, and even now, I've always felt like I'm being torn in two different directions. Like, you know, yeah. one direction is telling me to do this. And then the other is telling me to do the complete opposite. And it's like, how do you navigate and balance that conflict? Yeah. You know? How, how did you, have you always felt this way? Or do you think that it kind of hit you at a specific age? I think it's starting to hit a little bit more now, now that I feel like I have more control and I'm more self-reflective of what I'm I want to get out of my life now because I think when you're younger you kind of just do anything and everything that you can do to get a, an adult's approval or yeah. of authority to you know approve of what you're doing I think that's how I kind of saw a lot of the things that I did was just to like get that thumbs up of approval from the people that I saw as figures of authority what about you how did that yeah. affect your experiences growing up yeah, I think that um, I've had a lot of reflection, you know, around college time and especially post-graduation. Um, I think growing up, I was definitely, yeah, I mean, everything that was on my mind was just like, how can I be the best? Like, how can I be number one? Um, I remember in elementary school, it's funny because you know how like twice a year or whatever, like the the teacher gives like certificates mm-hmm. for like, oh, this student is like stellar at yeah. math or this student is like stellar at English. Yeah. It's just like, I remember like really going for that award. Like I was like, I need to be acknowledged because like my mom was like, you need to get that award. And I was like, I'm going to be the best in math. And it's like, I look back and I'm like, bro, it's like elementary school. Like these are like encouragement awards. Like if anything, they want to give them to students that they see, you know, like, the most improvement in or like that they want to encourage because maybe they you know like their support system is not as great as like another students and I'm just like I can't believe even so young I just was like I want like I want validation yes and I want to be like yeah and 
and that carried all throughout like I mean I think that's how we knew each other in middle (laughs) school right like I remember like we have this picture of like you me and like other like people (laughs) that were in our grade and we were just like oh my we're like holding up our like best of like math and like best of English (laughs) and it's just like it's I mean yeah I mean that's that's essentially I think like kind of like how we met right like I feel like another thing it's like a lot of what I care about my parents is like their approval and like their approval of my friends I feel like when I think of you um I'm just like wow she's a like a a great be it girl like my parents would love her and they would want me to be friends with her and like you know like they'll approve of my friendship with her and then they feel comfortable because they know that you know, they can talk to your parents and all of that. A hundred percent. And I feel like, you know, what you said about like being that, what's the word? Like a quintessential Viet girl, like the the perfect image of like, you know, hard worker, beautiful and like, you know, checks off all of the boxes, polite, yeah. nice, like, can cook. I just feel like... Oh, my God. Yeah, it can clean. <laughs> can literally like, fucking do everything. And I don't know. I feel like that's the image of, like, all my life of what I felt was expected of me. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, kind of losing myself in that in chasing that that version of success, I guess. Yeah, and it's I mean it's hard because you you know what they want for you is obviously what's good for you. And there are times where these things that they want in you are like things that you're like proud of yourself about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like I live in like San Jose now. And there's so many Viet people around me. And, like, even today, like, I went to pick up some paperwork. And I called, like, the front desk on the phone. And she was just like, oh, like, you're Vietnamese? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, can you speak Vietnamese? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we just spoke Viet. <laughs> and then when I picked up my paperwork from her, we had the same last name. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, we talked for 20 minutes in mm-hmm. Viet. Because she was just, like... And she was just like, oh, you're, like, so good. Like, you speak Vietnamese so well. And you're so... And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, thank you. you, Like, you feel good. Because I feel like it's, like, you've been... I feel like we've been... Yeah, conditioned to chase after this sort of validation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, sometimes when I speak V, I'm just like, are they going to compliment me? Is it even worth it? Like, should I even do it? (laughs) Okay, fine. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, for everyone to know, Christine like teaches out of Viet school now, so her Vietnamese is like is like prob- like good. <laughs> My Viet is like a seven out of ten, I think. Honestly, it's it's just being conditioned to like be that perfect Viet person. How do you feel? Like, yeah. I know, how do you, I guess my question is like. How has your perception of, like, you know, being in a traditional Viet household um, changed as you have 
grown up a little bit more and as you know as you were reflecting on what you experienced as an adolescent and like you know what you are going through now and how you're navigating that yeah I think that it's it's I think I'm still kind of like trying to develop a certain opinion on it or I guess like whenever I think about it it's just kind of like you know what's what's been done to me is done it's it's more like how can I if I were to have kids or whatever it's like how would I change that experience for them or what would I keep um I think that it's hard because when you're young and you're growing up it's obviously like you don't know any better and that's what your parents are for like they're for guidance um like I I'm glad that my mom pushed me in school but I guess it, I'm also fortunate where school you know like I, I was able to do well in school like I it wasn't super hard for me I mean I had to work hard but I was able to get those grades but coming to college it's like you know like sometimes you can't get that A no matter how hard you try um I think that it's there's like a really fine line between pushing your child to be the best that they can be versus them doing their best Mm -hmm. you know and it's hard because you just have to be very observant as a parent I guess to kind of see like whether or not your child is like really doing their best um yeah, I think growing up, I I think that there's, like, I, I did sports and everything, too. I feel like with sports, it's like you always want to be the best. So, uh, like, striving for being the best is, like, kind of just, like, <laughs> natural mm-hmm. for me. I think that maybe what the problem is is just um, my mind is more negative reinforcement than positive reinforcement I think that when I do a good job my mind is like that's what's supposed to be done Mm -hmm. and if I don't exceed like if I do the bare minimum I'm kind of just like oh you could have done more yeah yeah you know yeah yeah like what's the point if I'm not gonna be the top yeah, like, what's the point if I didn't do, like, everything yeah. that I could that have done? Sense. And I think that that's, you know, it's been really, like, without me even realizing it, it's just, like, it's very taxing <laughs> to, like, live Absolutely. that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, like, I guess, like, what about you? Um, do you, were your parents like that? Like, did they always kind of, like, push you? I mean, yeah, I think, like, any parent really wants the best for them. And, for their kids, sorry. <laughs> any any parent wants the best for their kids. And I think what, you know, a lot of our parents thought was best was just to push us to do everything and to be the best at it. And I feel like all my life I was always trying to chase after being like that perfect golden child I was like I did sports and I did piano and 
I went to Vietnamese school and now I'm teaching Vietnamese. And like, that just goes to show like how I'm still striving for that, like idea of like that perfect golden child, you know? Do you, do you think that your parents, I don't know, like, do do your parents like push this on you or do you think that it's like self, you know? I mean, yeah. Like, do you think that if your parents told you, Christine, you're doing great and like, you don't, you, you, you should just do whatever you want to do. Do you think that you would have done this? Like, do you think that you would have done everything that you did? Or do you think that you would have done things yeah. differently? I think it's hard to say, like, 100% one or the other. Because I definitely feel like there were moments in my past where I've been super hard on myself. More than my parents had ever been on me. But I feel like, you know, in mm-hmm. general, I've definitely done a lot to check off the boxes that other people have expected yeah. of me. And I guess like now that yeah. I'm older, I, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm super experienced in life or anything. I'm only 22, but I feel like I'm trying to th- take things slower and be more intentional with the steps that I take and try to ask myself, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing. If it, is it for myself or is it doing, am I doing it to, you know, get that thumbs up? Yeah, oh and I God, think that yeah. now that I'm trying to go at my own rate and I'm on this, like, path of self-discovery, <laughs> I yeah. think, like, you know, I want to be able to take time to find myself more because I feel like I did lose myself when I was younger in doing things only for other people. I don't think I ever did anything for myself, really. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I... um it's crazy because, I mean, I guess, have have you done anything that was for yourself that maybe your parents weren't happy with, but you did it anyways, and you were, you know, like, really happy about it? Mm. I feel like I have to think about that really hard. Yeah. Yeah, because I, the reason I bring that up is because I recently, I mean, I, during during this time, I've done two things that were for myself that really have been not what my parents have wanted (laughs) I like shaved my head and my mom was like really pissed about that and then I recently just dyed my hair pink and she also was super I was on a zoom call when you shaved off your head and your mom walked in and she did not oh my gosh she just makes a face and she's like why is everyone watching you there were like 20 people she like walked in she made a face Yeah, I feel like it's even like those are the two things that I could think of that I've really done for myself. And I'm really happy that I did it because it helps me be comfortable in my own skin and grow in a different way that I really wasn't Mm -hmm. anticipating. Um, But it also was kind of like, I mean, it's hard because like I know what I'm doing is not going to make her happy. And I was so hesitant for so long. Like, I I thought about shaving my head for, like, months, you know. I mean, half of it I was scared because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to look like a little boy if I, like, shave my head. But then the other half of it was just like, oh, my mom's going to be so upset at me. And then, like, people are going to, like, look at me and think, like, that's, like, a reflection of my mom. Or, like, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to, you know, like, it's like you feel so like everything you do is about them 
which like doesn't yeah. make sense because it's it's you like you should do I feel you like it's maybe th- this it probably isn't uh, unique to just like Viet parents but I feel like a lot of parents see their kids as extensions of themselves and personally I yeah. feel like that's sort of doing your child a disservice because you're kind of making them do things that you want to do yourself or you kind of want them to achieve your dreams and it's really hard and I feel like it puts your kids in a very weird in between it's like I want to please myself and I want to do stuff for myself but I also feel like I have a duty to you know be loyal to what my parents want me to do yeah. yeah do you do you think that you I guess maybe if like uh, if anyone can tell I talk about my mom way more than I talk about my dad my dad is super lax and super cool I think a lot of my experience growing up was just like like I have a very close relationship with my mom but then that also means like you know like my, my next question I was going to ask you was do, do you feel that you and your mom are similar I don't know. I feel like, I mean, at the surface level of things, like we're both stupidly clumsy. <laughs> like, we, I think if there's anyone in the, like, like ever to like trip on their own feet, like so many times or like run into poles. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's me and my mom. Like, <laughs> uh, but I feel like people are more or less a product of where and how they were raised. And because we were raised in such different places, like given that circumstance, like I think we are quite different in how we see the world and what we expect from our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in many ways, like we are very different. We kind of see the world in different ways, but at the end of the day, I feel very supported and loved by my mom. So it's like, you know, you come to an understanding and you find like some sort of middle ground. Yeah, I think that's something that I, I notice that you do, which I do too, is we, I feel like we, I mean, it's hard to process the way that we grew up and how we are because... I mean, maybe this is also just, like, been ingrained in our head. It's just, like, we don't want to come off as, like, in- yeah. ungrateful, you know? Like, it's it's interesting that you, even just mentioning that you and your mom are different, I feel like it was interesting to kind of hear you say, oh, but I'm, like, really grateful. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you know, you want to, like, make sure that everyone knows yes. that you're, like, really <laughs> grateful. <laughs> and I feel the same way. Like, I feel like. I'll complain, but then I'll be like, oh, but I'm, I'm I feel really like we grateful. do that a lot when we're, like, <laughs> venting about, like, our lives. And I'm, oh, yeah. like, this happened. But, like, I'm so grateful for the roof over my head and the food in yeah. front of me. Like, I'm so privileged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, be, yeah, being very honest, I feel like I have a lot of, like, emotional trauma from, like, some of the things that my mom yeah. has done to me. But it's, like, at the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, but I love my mom. And, like, I, you know, it's just, like it's it's hard because it I feel like it kind of 
it's it's weird because like I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like as I grow up, I I feel like I I like understand why they do those things and I kind of like forgive them for the things that they have done to me because of like how they are, you know, like I kind of like mentally put myself in their shoes and like try to validate what they've done to me that maybe wasn't like the best way Mm. to treat me like I've kind of had this like you know um what is it is it qualms like I've kind of you know like I'm kind of just like oh it's okay Mm -hmm. I forgive you but I've never actually had that conversation with her you know like it's just like it's weird because it's like obviously it would feel really good to hear those things from them but they also you know it's like they don't know how to do that so then you're kind of just like like forgiving them yeah yeah like just (laughs) like you're like oh I already know and then you like forgive them but like that conversation actually happened I feel like it's really important like mantra I've begun to incorporate or start to really think about is I guess like being grateful for something and or someone and everything that they did for you it shouldn't be mutually exclusive with also being a little bit critical of it Mm -hmm. um I guess like I read somewhere where I read this like one like you know small thing somewhere where it's like the quote was, I can still heal from my past and yet wish things were st- like different. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. There's good and there's bad, or there's good and there's not so good in anything and everything. Right. But the, and like, I feel like the good instilled values and the bad built character in me that honestly I'm holistically really grateful for because at the end of the day, like it all culminated into who I am now. Yeah. But it's hard, yeah. I feel like it's, like, a lot to process when it's, like, you're at a point in your age where it's, like, oh, man, like, I kind of wish things were done differently when I was younger. But it's, like, you think about the circumstance and it's, like, could they have done anything differently? Like, you know, but, like, I'm really grateful for everything that they did. So, like, you bounce between (laughs) this, like, weird, like, I'm so, like, grateful, but then I'm also so, like, oh, God. I'm kind of, I'm kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because yeah, like for me, my parents were very restrictive. Like I, even when I was like a junior in high school, I was like, I could, I was like, like I was stressing out whether I could ask my mom if mm-hmm. I could hang out with my friends. Like, yeah. like once a week, like on the weekend, like I was like, oh my God, I have to like build up courage for this. And it's great. Like junior year of high school, like what? <laughs> and I- I'm like, you know, it's like if I didn't have all A's, like I couldn't right. go out because I didn't have all A's. And it's just like, I think if my parents were more loose, would I, like, I'm kind of like, how would I have mm-hmm. been? Like, would I have had good grades 
And then also, like, obviously speaking from now, it's like, do those good grades <laughs> even matter? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's hard because I I feel like I've had, like, back and forth feelings about this, about, like, getting good grades mm-hmm. or trying really hard. It's like, obviously, those grades are not important, but it does build up, like, that habit of, like, working hard. So that's where I'm like, oh, it was worth it. Like, yeah. they did the right yeah. thing. But, yeah. It's interesting because I've actually had this conversation with my mom. Because we were talking about my brother and, like, stuff. But she basically was like, I, w- I told her, I was like, yeah, you were kind of, like, great <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> she was like, no, I wasn't. I was like, you didn't let me do anything. And <laughs> she was like. I did. I was like, no, you didn't. And then I was like, but it's. But then I was like, oh, it's. But it's fine. I forgive. Like, it's not a big deal. But then she kept trying to like validate to me. She was like, I did it because you you play too much. Like, I had to keep you in control. Like, I was like, relax. I said it's not a big deal. Yeah, I guess. Like, honestly, I see her now, and she's so chill. Like, so chill. Dude, <laughs> every time I'm like I see your mom I'm like I love her she's so nice and like you give me this look and you're like right yeah <laughs> I can honestly say now she is so mellow yeah. like I kind of forget that that like even me saying like oh she was so strict growing up I'm kind of like her she's like she's just like I feel like her attitude now is like I'm just tired <laughs> to deal with you like she's just like whatever do what you want yeah <laughs> I guess we, like, talk a lot right now about, like, being both, like, feeling both, I don't know, critical, but also very grateful for the life that we come from. Like, I guess, is there a particular Mm -hmm. moment or experience that you'd want to share that, like, is very poignant in your life that is, you know, that you've been, like, kind of critical of or something that you wish didn't happen or something that you're grateful for? Um, something that I'm, I guess I'll, I'll do both, but the something that I'm critical of was, it's hard because I feel like I only processed this recently and, you know, like everything's kind of like connected, but I feel like, you know, with Viet culture, traditional Viet culture, it's just like, you have to be like really skinny and like really pretty and really like feminine and mainly just like really skinny like I feel like if you're just like really skinny they're like oh my god you're so beautiful you know like the first thing that like Viet relatives see when say when they see you is like oh my god you look so skinny or like oh my god like you look like you gained some weight and um I think that that was like a very difficult thing for me um you know it's it's hard because that positive reinforcement like when they compliment you being really skinny it feels so good Mm -hmm. you know like it's kind of like a high like they're like oh my god you're so skinny I'm like yes like I'm so skinny like I got I I can Mm -hmm. keep you know it's like a bad cycle like you're like good I'm gonna keep starving myself because yeah yeah. like oh my god it's (laughs) worth it and it's not and like I got like a like an eating disorder from it you know because like I I had a time where I was like quote-unquote really skinny and I, my mom was like oh my god like you look so good and like you know all these things and like 
people complimented me and like all of this stuff and I literally gained like two I would weigh mm-hmm. myself every day and then I like gained two pounds and I was like oh my god I'm getting so fat and I'm just like I have to stop eating I have to work out and I have to like literally there was a time where I ran like three miles every day in the morning yeah. at like 7 a.m third year of college and it's just like and then I got like two years of like binge eating and like you know out of this like uncontrollable cycle of like oh I'm gaining weight oh my parents aren't or not my parents I mean just like oh these standards like I'm not meeting these standards Mm -hmm. I need to punish myself and like you know I'm finally like out of that and it's it's really good and I think that I'm grateful for the experience because it shows me the importance of self-love and like, it doesn't matter like how big you are or how small you are. Mm -hmm. It's like about how you feel. Like I look back and I was like, yeah, I was really skinny, but like I literally was hungry all the time. And I like thought about food all the time because I was just like starving. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that that's one thing that I... It's just the whole idea of perfection, like, how to be yeah. and I feel, perfect. And, and I like, feel like you're battling yeah. both. I mean, I could totally relate. You know, I think uh, we... I feel like we yeah. share a lot of um, feelings of um, body image insecurities. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. I guess, like, it's also because we were battling both Eastern and Western standards of beauty. You know, like, yeah. I feel like you, you have to be skinny. You have to be perfect. You have to be small, petite. Um, yeah. Like, when I was younger, I wished I was white. And then I wish I was not as tan as I was because I played a lot of sports. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I can't even remember. Uh, I can just like envision tan Christine. <laughs> that with line. Her swim cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the line that that swim cap left on my forehead. Jesus. I don't want it. You didn't know the swimsuit yeah. tan. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy because I'm like, wow, you used to be that tan. Because like, I feel like you're very, you know. Like fair skin now. Me too. Like I'm like wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm we don't go outside because I'm just not outside. Yeah, it's like literally not intentional. <laughs> I don't go out as much as I want anymore. Dude, honestly, I just look at the sun from inside. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it must be nice out. I feel that. Oh, you were saying it. I'm sorry. I yeah. Cut you off. No, no, no. It's fine. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A good thing, though, that I feel is, um, I think I naturally have, like, a drive to, you know, like, when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And when I do it, if not do it well, I think I do it, like, I don't Mm -hmm. half-ass anything, you know? Like, it's like I do it right, or I try to do it right. So I think that that's something that I'm really grateful for. Um, Because, yeah, I I guess, like, you can't really do something Mm -hmm. well unless you do it, like, um, not intricately, but, you know, like, you do it right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that's I feel like that's something that I, that I really admire yeah. about you too. It's like I feel like everything that you put your name on, everything that you do, you you commit to something intentionally. So that like if you do commit to it, like you can put in a hundred percent into it. You know what I mean? And I think that's like that's something that I've noticed that yeah. I really admire about you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that definitely is like um yeah, I feel like there's something about yeah, what you said, like putting your name on something. It's just like that's kind of how I feel. And I think that that's something that my mom kind of unintentionally I think like I don't think she have ever has ever really explicitly told me until I was like older and already like realized myself but it's just like you know whatever you do if you put your name on it like are you like are you proud of what you did Mm -hmm. like are you yeah and I think that yeah I'm really perfectionist so it's like it's it's so dumb because I even notice this at work it's like when I do a slide and like it's just like if I'm making a powerpoint of notes and it's like to myself it'll be messy but then for example my manager was like oh can you upload those notes onto the drive so we can look at it and I was like oh yeah for sure it's just like really messy so like let me clean it up and he was like no it's fine it's just a mess just like you know like we like I just want to like see like he really didn't care but immediately I was like, oh, my God, this is something that people are going to see with my name on it. It has to be perfect. And so I was like, yeah, I'll send it by the end of the day. And I literally spent time, like, perfecting my notes on something. Like, it's not even, like, a presentation. It's not anything that's, like, really for anyone else. It was just, like, for me or just, like, for learning. And I was just like, oh, it has to be, mm-hmm. like, perfect. <laughs> and I just, like, yeah, I think that there is... It's, like, something that I'm really grateful for, but definitely something that needs to be balanced. Um, because, yeah, like, not everything has to be perfect. Yeah. What about you? In terms of uh, memorable experiences, um, good or bad? I mean, I feel like... I mean, I could definitely relate with, like, you know, what you said about those body image insecurities that you had growing up. I think as a kid, Mm -hmm. you internalize every small comment that adults make towards you, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And every comment on how imperfect, quote, you are is internalized and it's stored away at the front of your brain for decades. And I feel like, you know, like, it's like, I think of yeah. like the small comments of like, oh man, like you've been eating too much rice or like you aren't putting on oh enough sunscreen because you're so tan. Like those, like, it's still like those stinging comments <laughs> from like extended family members, even though they were probably like not in yeah, they were probably not well like, intentioned. Meant to like hurt me. Like I think they just innocently said that casually. But I feel like I I stored that away and I internalized that and I guess that led to really bad eating habits um later on in life and really rigorous calorie counting. I like yes. there was this one time in college where like I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I like, almost passed out in the shower. And my boyfriend 
yeah, my boyfriend at the time oh tried to God. carry me out. Or... Oh my god. Yeah, I I actually I remember you told me this and it's it's crazy because I I feel like it's crazy because this is like yeah. not uncommon. Yeah. You know? What it's I mean? like going to bed hungry. Like I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah, yes, like oh, this like, is the feeling this that is, I need. This is this is strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god like, ooh, I'll get a and i think it has been like years since i even allowed myself to finish an entire like slice of pizza or it's just or like an oh entire god, bagel really... without like wanting to kill myself after like oh my god like i can't believe i did that <laughs> but yeah um, i don't know if i'm like definitely like i feel like i've grown since then but i don't think i'm anywhere near where mm-hmm. i feel like i think I'd want to be. I have a lot of growing left to do, to be honest. But I think that's something yeah. that I wish was a little bit different. Like I wish someone told me I was beautiful. I don't think I ever heard that until like last year. You know, like oh my god, no, from oh, like from any, your parents, like, you know, like not like casual. But I just feel like you know, for the first time, someone said like, "Oh, like, you're beautiful," and I think that comment hit me so hard because I feel like I've chased after that for so long and so when I got it it was like sort of a shock because I was like am I like you know it's like you kind of it's hard yeah it's like it's so hard because you I I don't know I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) no I mean I know what you mean no I mean I I like I I think, especially for me, I, I definitely know how you feel. Like, I feel like I am not a very traditionally looking Vietnamese girl. Like, I think it's crazy because this, I guess this is just like presentation of self and all of that. It's like, I have short hair now and it's like grown out a little bit. Like, I joke around <laughs> that I just like look like a little boy, <laughs> but um, I'm okay with it. And like, it's cool. And it's crazy because when I look at old photos of myself, like when I had longer hair or like shoulder length hair, I was like, oh my God, I look like a girl. <laughs> like I look so feminine. Um, but I never felt that way. Like even when I was like, I look like that. I always like saw myself as like tomboyish or, you know, and I was like really tomboyish growing up. So I never really strove to be like, beautiful or like pretty or I think because I never got that validation from my parents or for you know from anyone I guess just like I was like oh I don't I don't like I don't need to be pretty or I don't need to be like beautiful or like whatever but um I think it was like because I never I think it was something that I kind of like wanted but because I feel like um, I don't know, like, I was so kind of, like, tomboyishy, and I never really got, like, compliments on, like, being pretty or whatever. I was like, oh, I guess, like, yeah, just, like, being pretty is just, like, not, yeah. it's not, it's not in the cards for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I'll just be cute, I guess. <laughs> cute, I can do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll be cute and just, like, a little funny. Like, I was just like... <laughs> 
but it's dumb because it's just like you you don't need like it's just like we've grown up just like wanting to hear those things like we were never really like totally validated when we were younger Mm -hmm. so we're always looking for it and like we don't feel complete until we yeah feel it or like our just to show how it little girls are raised in Viet families and in American society that they're like the first thing that people comment when they meet a little girl is on her looks and that's how they internalize it it's like oh like if I'm gonna get compliments then I have to like look good I have to present myself well and I guess it's important for both sexes and, and like all genders but at the same time it's like I feel like little girls are conditioned more to really uphold what society says is like beautiful, you know, or like at least strive yeah. for that standard of beauty. And that's just, I, I mean, I feel like yeah. my, my self-worth and my self-perception was very closely tied in with like, how other people saw me physically as opposed like to what how I presented myself internally and I guess I lost myself in that for a while as well yeah yeah what do you um I guess to Bring a little, oh yeah, like, bring it back, bring it back. Positive note. <laughs> <laughs> reel it in, reel it in. <laughs> not, not to just go down deep in this hole that we really just internalize. Like, Is there a so way out of this pit? <laughs> if we, I think, I think we just like fed into each other. <laughs> Anyways, oh, yes. Um, Why we're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things, honestly. Really grateful for. Her. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, we really dug ourselves a hole. Yeah, I, I really was just Ooh. like, I was just digging through Wait. all the things. Like, I had so much more competition. Unpack, like, yeah, we got, we got uh, move forward. <laughs> it's crazy because me and Christine have these conversations. Like, not they're not frequent. <laughs> But they're not rare. Like we talk, like this is like we have talked about these things, and I'm still learning more, and she's still learning more. It's just like how how much is there? I feel like we're like not even halfway, man. Um, but I not guess even. like one thing, um, I'm super grateful for is mm, my mom. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like everything that she did for us like I don't think she ever had like she never what's the word she never not had <laughs> our best intentions in mind or what's a, our best uh what's a word best interest okay hold on let me start best interest um yeah she never not had our best interests in mind is that how to say that i don't know yeah she always had her okay, best interests you know, in mind that. <laughs> wait did you who miss, was your seventh grade what's her name? she uh, wrote a book miss uh i think you were in the class oh mcgill mcgill 
She wrote a book. Bruh, I did not know she wrote a book. <laughs> I sat next to, like, this girl and just fooled <laughs> around. The worldly wise. I got a B in that class. Oh, my God. The, that, I was, I was going to bring that up because <laughs> every time I hear a double negative, I think of worldly wise. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I remember that class because I, I got a B in that class. That was my first what? B in seventh grade. And I got a tutor the year after that. Yeah, my mom oh was my like, you're God. bad English. I'm going to get you a tutor. You got a B. It was, I, my grade <laughs> was, was a B was hard. Yeah, it was hard. Dude, it was hard. No, I had I fourth period. Last period, right? Like, end yeah. of the day. Yeah, I was in it with, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. But, okay. yeah, I think, like, one thing, like, my I was really grateful for for my upbringing was, like, my mom. Um, she... Uh, I guess I don't really like share this with many people, but I don't know. Like, I guess like she did nails and it wasn't a job that was Mm -hmm. really lucrative, but I think one thing that it really did afford her was the opportunity to listen to the stories of her clients and her customers and they all come from like more working class, middle class backgrounds. And so they come like with like really wild stories of like their kids and whatnot. And she bring those stories and their life lessons back home to me and my brother. And I think that's how we were raised around mm-hmm. the dinner table through her storytelling and the things that she le- listened and learned from her client, like customers at work. Um, and I don't know, I just have a lot of respect for the position that she held to afford piano classes for me and saxophone lessons for my brother and like yeah. But like that's how oh my like, God, my she, brother also like that's saxophone. how we were able to pay for it because like she worked she like, you know, did yeah. jobs that like, you know, not many people would really want to do and like that were often overlooked and mm-hmm. I have mad respect for everything that she did to provide for us and um, and the stories and the life lessons that we were able to gain from her work so yeah I guess if anything, this gives people perspective mm-hmm. into, yeah, like what it's like <laughs> in um, like growing up specifically as like the oldest child. Um, yeah, in a Viet household for girls. <laughs> um, any mm-hmm. last comments? Thank you for comments? having me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks for yeah, speaking. Yeah, I had a good time. Um, that was fun. 